We are aboard a spaceship thousands of light years away from Earth. However, we've been in a deep sleep, for the destination is still far away. Body functions halting. The cold preserves us like frozen food packaged within a freezer. We exist within our own capsules of time, unknowing of the future becoming a distant past. This is a familiar scene from a plethora of mediums in the sci-fi genre. Let's delve into the realm of seemingly science fiction and talk about cryonics. Hello everyone, I'm your host Milo Golding. Thank you for joining me today on Factors. For new listeners, Factors is an audio resource to explore the many perspectives surrounding pressing bioethics issues through discussion and analysis. Today we'll be discussing cryonics, its origin, and the ethical implications it has on the definitions of life and death. The information used for today's episode of Factors was derived from the Center of Ethics in Medicine, clinics, the University of Exeter, and Alcor.org. Biologists have known for some time that certain organisms can survive for sustained time periods in essentially a death-like state. What is now becoming clear is that there is a technology available for humans that imitates this process. What if we could be frozen until a period of time in which developing technology could cure our ailments, prolong our lives, and possibly allow us to live forever? This is essentially the means of cryonics. It is the practice of preserving life by pausing the dying process using sub-freezing temperatures with the intent of restoring good health with medical technology in the future. The cryonics movement was spearheaded in the 1960s by American physicist Robert Eninger, who published the book The Prospect of Immortality. The motivation behind this practice is the human desire for life extension. While this concept is one that seemingly exists in the reality of Star Wars, steps have already been taken for the possibility of future revival. In the Alcor Cryonic Center in Arizona, over 200 people have already been preserved. The possibility of life extension leads us to question our current definition of death, whether death should cease to be the moment at which the human heart stops beating or the brain stops functioning. Death has historically been believed to be an event that coincided with the onset of clinical death. However, it's now understood that death is a series of physical events, and not a single event, and that the determination of permanent death is dependent on other factors beyond the simple cessation of breathing and heartbeat. Cryopreservation is the use of anti-freezing solutions and proteins, or cryoprotectants, and cooling to very low temperatures for the long-term storage of human bodies, animals, organs, or tissues, typically at liquid nitrogen temperatures. 
at these low temperatures, any biological activity, including biochemical reactions that would lead to cell death, is effectively stopped. However, when cryoprotectant solutions are not used, the cells being preserved are often damaged when approaching low temperatures in the freezing process or when being warmed to room temperature. To be biologically useful, cryoprotectants must easily penetrate the cells and not be toxic to them. Cryopreservation is used for embryo storage. For example, when in vitro fertilization has produced more embryos than are needed at a given time. Semen can also be successfully used almost indefinitely after cryopreservation, with successful storage reported for as long as 21 years. Oocyte cryopreservation is a new technology in which eggs are extracted, frozen, and stored. They may later be thawed, fertilized, and transferred to the uterus as embryos. Cryonicists do not believe that cryopreserved humans or animals are dead. They often refer to a person who has been declared legally dead and cryopreserved as being in a state of deanimation. However, the process of bringing a person or animal from a state of cryopreservation to life is called resuscitation, a term that is used among cryonicists. In actuality, the term revival may be more appropriate than resuscitation. A cryopreserved individual is legally dead, but chronicists say that they can be reanimated. This reanimation of cryopreserved individuals should not be associated with resurrection. A central premise of cryonics is that long-term memory Identity stored in durable cell structures and patterns within the brain do not require continuous brain activity to survive. This premise is generally accepted in medicine, and it is known that under certain conditions, the brain can stop functioning and can later recover with the maintenance of long-term memory. The bioethical question posed by this issue is whether a cryopreserved human being is entitled to rights. A moral premise of chronics is that cryopreserving people is the right thing to do when there is no other hope, but the individual's autonomy should be respected, as it is when a person agrees to participate in a genetic experiment with germ stem cells. Some chronicists believe, as a matter of principle, that anyone who would ordinarily be regarded as dead should instead be made a permanent patient, subject to whatever advances the future might bring. To further understand this topic, we must differentiate between the concept of brain death and clinical death, which is a medical concept that refers to the cessation of blood circulation and breathing, the two criteria necessary to sustain life. Death occurs when the heart stops beating in a regular rhythm, a condition called cardiac arrest. During clinical death, all tissues and organs in the body steadily accumulate a type of injury called ischemic injury. The term is also sometimes used in resuscitation research. The importance of this paradigm shift is that death is a metaphysical concept that's definition may be changed in the future 
according to the needs of cryopreservation experimentation. In a 2016 case, the High Court allowed a terminally ill 14-year-old to be cryopreserved after her death. The patient was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer in 2015, and by August 2016, was receiving a palliative end-of-life care. Following some months of research, she formed a wish for cryonics. As she said, quote, I want to live and live longer, and I think that in the future they might find a cure for my cancer and wake me up. I want to have this chance. This is my wish, end quote. The patient requested this, as she hoped to one day be reanimated and cured. However, questions nevertheless arise about whether the dying person is entitled to legislate for the reanimated person they might become. Temporal concerns also feature when we interpret welfare in terms of happiness, because the dying person and the potentially future reanimated person might have different interests at different times. Additionally, the question of whether cryonics is in or contrary to public interest must be explored to further understand the implications the practice may have in the future. But alas, this concludes our case study discussion for today. If you have any interesting topics you would like for me to discuss in the podcast, please contact me through my email, milogolding at outlook.com. I'll tune in with you next Sunday. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Until next time.